Orbital Gardens, this is Mission Control. We are confirming acquisition of your signal. You are live in 5, 4, 3, 2... Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Gardeners of the Galaxy, a podcast for all of the sentient beings in the universe who have a passion for plants. I am Emma the Space Gardener and I will be your host as we explore gardening on Earth and beyond. This is the first episode for 2021 and I'm recording it from lockdown Britain. Mutant Covid is rampaging across the country and we're all back in isolation like we're living on a space station. Except that we don't know how long our mission will be, we didn't train for this, and mission control is staffed by nutters. Since the last show, we have Brexited from the European Union and one consequence of that is that it's now impossible for UK companies to export seeds to European countries and Northern Ireland and harder to import them as well. Hopefully that will all sort itself out in due course, but in the meantime, let's focus on sending plants into space. Before Christmas, I was working on a super interesting episode about moon rocks, but one consequence of the global turmoil is that I'm finding it hard to concentrate, so my plan for the moment is to focus on episodes based around space plants news and what's happening here at Orbital Gardens. Let's start with my 2021 hydroponics project, which is to try growing heritage salads hydroponically. For a long time now, I have been a member of Garden Organics Heritage Seed Library. It's a members-only club for preserving and distributing the seeds of heritage vegetables that have fallen out of commercial production. They also have some more unusual crops, including achocha, one of the lost crops of the Incas. Achocha is a cucurbit, meaning that it's in the same plant family as squashes and cucumbers. The two main species are Cyclanthera pedata and Cyclanthera brachystachia, although there's some perennial confusion about that. Anyway, achocha, also known as kaigua, is a vigorous climbing plant grown for its curved green fruits, which may also have soft, fleshy spines. Young fruits can be eaten whole and raw, but you have to remove the inedible seeds from mature fruits before you cook them. Their texture and flavour is similar to that of green pepper, and they make good pickles. They would make lousy candidates for space flight since they are large and rambling plants and their flowers are pollinated by insects, and even astronaut ingenuity would probably be strained by finding recipes to use up the endless harvest. But now that I've said all that, I have a hankering to grow a chocha again. It's been a few years since I have. There's a nice arbour in the garden they can grow over. But I was talking about hydroponics. The Heritage Seed Library team send out their catalogue in December and it's something that I look forward to. My membership entitles me to pick out six varieties and back in December 2019 I had the idea that I would choose six varieties to trial in my hydroponicum. So I chose a variety of mustard called Gupta's Indian, a kale called Uncle Bert's Purple and four lettuces, Black Seeded Samara, Bronze Arrow, Bunyard's Matchless and Stoke. And then 2020 happened and the project didn't get off the ground. I have grown two of the lettuces in the hydroponicum and they both did very well, but I wasn't paying that much attention. When the 2020 catalogue arrived in December, I remembered the project and decided to do it this year. So I picked six more heritage lettuces to add to the list. Amish deer tongue, bath cos, bloody warrior, bath brown cos, burpees iceberg and green maruli cos. That gives me 12 heritage varieties to trial and that's conveniently one per month this year. I've just sown Gupta's Indian mustard in my hydroponic seedling tray for January and I plan to blog updates on that project as 2021 progresses. Way back in episode 2, I mentioned Jacob Torres and his Space Chili Challenge. Jacob works at NASA on the Plant Habitat 04 project, which is going to be blasting chili peppers up to the International Space Station this year. They'll be growing in the Advanced Plant Habitat. 
The idea behind choosing chilli peppers as a space crop is that they're nutritious and their spicy flavour will be great for astronauts whose sense of taste tends to be dulled. However, Jacob and his team have run into a problem. Grown in the lab under space-like conditions, the peppers just don't develop the same levels of heat, capsaicin, that they do under normal growing conditions. So Jacob has recruited citizen scientists across the globe to grow the space chilies at home in the hope of uncovering the key to keeping them hot and spicy. Jacob was kind enough to send me some seeds, which I sowed in my era garden back in November. I had some issues with mould that affected germination, but I ended up with one healthy seedling, which is enough. I named it Hellboy, because when it was very little it had this cute habit of curling its seed leaves upwards, which reminded me of Hellboy's horns. Plus, I thought the name might encourage the plant to grow nice and hot. About a month after planting, Hellboy started to flop to one side. This is an uncommon era garden plant since they can't spread their roots laterally for support. Ryan and I came up with a fix for that, which involves 3D printed miniature plant cages that Ryan designed for me. So I caged little Hellboy and he has since gone from strength to strength. One of the characteristics that Jacob is seeing in this particular variety, which is the Martinez chili, is that it can regulate its growth to fit in small spaces. That certainly seems to be the case for Hellboy, which has become very bushy with no intervention from me. I've been gradually raising the era garden light as Hellboy grows, and it has just reached its maximum height. Flowers started to appear at 37 days after planting, so fingers crossed there will be fruit soon. In the last episode of the show, we heard Dr. Carl Hassenstein talking about Plant Habitat Zero Two, the experiment growing NASA's first space station radishes. When I spoke to Carl, astronaut Kate Rubins had not long harvested the first of two batches of radishes. These were packed away to be returned to Earth for analysis. A second batch of radishes were then started in the advanced plant habitat on the 3rd of December, thinned on the 11th of December, and harvested by NASA's Mike Hopkins on the 30th of December. The exciting news from the second batch is that the crew were allowed to eat some of the harvest. According to an article on UPI, Kate Rubin said, the radishes were just as tasty as what she'd grown in her garden. She and Mike Hopkins also agreed that eating something fresh was a most enjoyable experience. The space radishes may be finished, for now, but the ISS crew has already started a new gardening experiment. On the 4th of January, they started a new crop in veggie as part of the ongoing Veg03 investigations. Joy Amasa confirmed... Joy Amasa confirmed via Twitter that this is VEG03I, studying five leafy crops, and VEG03J, testing seed film technology for space use. Joy was my guest in episode 10, so that's a great show to listen to if you want to know more about the veggie growing system. And on the 16th of December, China's Changi 5 moon probe returned to Earth with over a kilo of precious regolith samples. Changi 5 was China's first sample return mission, and it was the first mission to bring back moon rocks since the Soviet Union's Luna 24 in 1976. As I said at the beginning of the show, I am working on an episode about moon rocks. But what's intriguing about Changi 5 is that the Chinese have now announced that rocks weren't the only things it brought back from the moon. When it launched on the 23rd of November, the Changi 5 probe carried a payload of seeds from the Space Breeding Innovation Alliance. Those seeds, which included rice, orchids, alfalfa and oats, took a return trip to the moon. They're part of a space breeding program that started in China in the 1980s. The idea is that seeds exposed to the space environment, cosmic radiation and microgravity, can develop mutations that allow scientists on Earth to develop new crop varieties with useful traits. China has been launching seeds into space on rockets and recoverable satellites and sent some to the Tiangong-1 space station. This was China's first deep space mutation breeding experiment. After 23 days in space, the seeds from the Changi 5 mission were returned to the scientists who reported that 40 grams of rice seeds had sprouted and were ready for follow-up studies. 
Guo Tao, Deputy Director of the Space Breeding Center, explained that the probe encountered radiation in the Van Allen belts and from sunspot activity. The next steps are to conduct a series of selfing and outcrossing experiments on the seed to cultivate new rice varieties with enhanced resistance to diseases and pests, stress tolerance and adaptation to mechanised production. That's almost it for this episode. If you're enjoying the show, then please consider supporting it via Patreon. After giving it some thought, I have changed the support tiers so that they all receive the same benefits. Early access to some episodes, extended versions of others, plus bonus content, so that it's more of a pay-what-you-can model. And I would like to take this opportunity to send a big Gardeners of the Galaxy thank you to my new supporter, Laurie Waters. I've also started a new Instagram feed for the show, which you can find at Orbital Gardens. And if you enjoy chatting about space plants, then you can join in the discussions on my new Discord server, which is called the Space Greenhouse. I'll put all of those links in the show notes, which you'll find on my website, theunconventionalgardener.com. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Orbital Gardens is a mission control, confirming termination of your signal. I've thought about it, and the plant I would take to Mars would be an oak tree, because I want to breed squirrels on Mars. Mission control out.